0: there, friends. Thanks for tuning in to this latest episode of Love, Service, Wisdom. I am just back this weekend from the Fit for Service Fellowship um, gathering for Aubrey Marcus that I was there with my partner, East Forest, performing a ceremony for their incredible group. And we had the opportunity to also be with a couple other amazing teachers out there in the world. Paul Selig, who's a channeler. I didn't know his work before this weekend, but watching him channel guides and speak to the, the participants who had questions really blew my mind. And it was super cool to see what came through and the just hardcore truth that he was espousing. So if you don't know Paul Selig, check out his work. Really incredible channeler. And then also the poet NQ or NQ, like IN dash Q, he led a workshop as well, uh, spoken word workshop. And I got to write a poem about my greatest fear and who I would be without that fear. And uh I was kind of proud of it. I thought it turned out pretty well. Didn't share it with anybody. And no, I'm not going to share it with you now. But uh, really wonderful facilitation by NQ for sure with that group, leading them into deep places of vulnerability. Everyone was really open to it. And then also, of course, the East Forest ceremony that happened there at the Calamigos Guest Ranch. Wow. One of the best ceremonies I think I've ever been in with East Forest. And I've been at 99% of him as my role with that is we joke around and we call me the magician's assistant. I'm there in a little black dress and holding space, creating the space with him before everyone arrives, anchoring and grounding it. And then throughout the experience will come around with the sense for the room and sounds, bells and shakers and whatnot filling the space from all different angles, as well as like weaving the magic through the space and uh powerful, beautiful. Everyone journeyed so deeply. And I'm very grateful to Aubrey for bringing both of us out and allowing us to be a part of his uh, collective. It's just a treat. I'm very grateful for all the past travel that Christian and I have done recently together. And I'm very much looking forward to not traveling again for quite a while. We won't be going anywhere until... Early February, when we head to Australia, he's got a tour, an East Forest tour in like Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane and Byron Bay and Melbourne also. And I'll be teaching in Sydney at um, a yoga studio in Merrickville, which I'm really excited about. It'll be four classes, kind of deep dives over the weekend. You can find that on my website. I'll post more information about that uh, Sydney Australia classes those Sydney Australia classes if you're interested if you're over there in the area so that's coming up in February but right now we are here and we are grounding down for the holidays in addition to I'm just about to open my new meditation space source meditation space here in downtown Boise right next to my yoga studio Sage Yoga and Wellness so I've been working on this since the spring i would say with my good friend susan and paul as well and the three of us together as business partners have created an urban oasis for meditation the first of its kind for sure here in boise a dedicated meditation studio that'll also have sound journeys and breath work and ecstatic dance and tai chi and um uh relationship collective and different deep dives trainings and immersions within that class or that structure as well so that's happening source meditation space you can check that out source Boise.com is the website. I'll be leading an ecstatic dance on New Year's Eve at Source. So it'll be, I think it's 10:30 to 12:30 a.m. So over the New Year, ring in. And uh you can get tickets for that online at Source or like Eventbrite. So if you're in Boise and you want to be with me for New Year's Eve, join me with that. And then the next day. East Forest, he'll be having a special New Year's Day ceremony in source also. And that'll be on New Year's Day from like 4 to 5.30. Um, and you can find tickets for that too online. So we're here in town for a while with some offerings. And I really hope to see you um, around for sure here at, the, at Sage. I'll be teaching my regular classes. And anyways, in this conversation, I am sharing time with one of my very, 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 very most beloved bestie besties, Rainbow Eric, Eric Wallace, who was one of my first friends that I met here in Boise when I moved here 10 years ago. And he and I have been teaching together for, uh, gosh, like seven, eight years now, all different kinds of things, partner yoga. Tantra Yoga, sacred relations, at different festivals, symbiosis gatherings we would go to together, Yoga Fort, of course, out in a, in a Bulgaria, die alive, and we led retreats in Hawaii together, and just so much teaching is one of my very favorite teachers to guide to co collaborate with. We have a really similar, um, playful, fun style and. Just uh, sometimes I wish we could record when he and I get together to talk and plan what we're going to teach and share because we can just like amp each other up and go, go, go and get so excited. So you get a little bit of that in this conversation here with Eric. He isn't in Boise anymore, which makes me really sad because I see him much less and we're not teaching together as much though we will be teaching i guess we just decided on a date together in next september september 2020 so we've got that on the books we're hoping to do a retreat together like a five-day retreat somewhere that's tbd um In 2020 as well, but he's in LA with his wonderful partner, Stacy, and he's part of the Rama Institute and he's doing his shamanic healings and tarot readings and astrology readings and breathwork sessions and inner child work and soul retrieval work and teaching yoga. He's a jack of all trades in the spiritual realm and one of the most grounded, thoughtful, kind, compassionate, direct, loving humorous, intelligent, just radiant, beautiful souls that I've ever met. And it's a, a huge honor for him to be such an intimate part of my life, especially with children and family and friends. He was such a huge support for me a few years ago as I was transitioning <sighs> through divorce and even before that, like guiding me along the way. And so we've just been there for each other, I would say, equally in in the depths of it all through all the highs and lows and it's an honor to bring him into the show and i know this is just the first of many conversations between us that i'll share with you guys through this platform so without further ado rainbow eric
1: rainbow eric welcome to love service wisdom
2: hi marissa thank you thanks for having me
1: it's my pleasure you're one of my most favorite people in the whole entire world and somebody that i'm super honored to call one of my best friends so having this conversation with you i've wanted to do since i started the podcast and here we are
2: awesome thank you well i I I feel the same way. I am so honored and so grateful for getting to be your friend and best friend and one of my favorite people and excited about Love Service Wisdom and just the the growing success with the podcast and sharing great conversations and in all walks of life and happy to dive in today.
1: Good. Good. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um for our listeners, we can maybe share that we met, oh, I want to say in 2010. We met probably like nine years ago for the first
2: yeah. time. Yeah.
1: met at a, um, a rally in Boise against nuclear power. Yes. Mm-hmm. At Donnie Max.
2: Yeah, we met and yeah, we were... We were um, working on banners and flyers and signage for, yeah, an anti-nuclear um, encampment called Think Outside the Bomb.
1: Think Outside the Bomb. That is what it was called. Yeah. Right. yeah. With the Snake River Alliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I remember seeing you there and I remember seeing you around Ecstatic Dance. And that used to be at the mm-hmm. old Trade McIntyre. Mm-hmm. And you were mm-hmm. certainly somebody who I was instantly drawn to. But I think everybody says that about you. So that's not unique to me in any way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, for me, for me uh, in a yoga class at Muse in Boise off Jefferson, you, I remember we both were in the back of a yoga class. Maybe it was, Jodine's class, or maybe it was um Kendra. Brandy's class, maybe, or I'm not sure. Maybe Kendra, I don't know. And I looked over and I saw your your Mayan um Hunab Ku tattoo. And and I thought, oh, that she has a hunab ku tattoo. Like, <laughs> wow. Maybe, maybe there's more going on to this mysterious woman, Marissa Webner. Than I thought, (laughs) and and it was true. (laughs) It was definitely true. There was way more going on inside that magic being than I than I thought. So here we are, almost almost ten years later. Yeah, that was the spring of two thousand ten. So we're coming up on our our ten year friend anniversary. Perhaps we'll have to do something fun, have a fun adventure
1: i think we definitely need to do that
2: yeah and i have an
1: idea of what it could be
2: okay great Perfect. <laughs> okay, great. and oh. you
1: being a yoga teacher and an activist and a spiritual guide in so many ways when we were moving into our friendship we just resonated on so many levels and we began teaching together right away with our partner yoga classes um that we've done many, many times over the years. We haven't done it forever now, though, but, but it used to be like a staple that we would offer. Mm-hmm. Partner yoga that evolved into tantra that evolved into sacred relations.
2: Yeah, gosh, I know. It's so beautiful to recognize how it's just the, the reflection of our friendship with our work and our practice and then our pursuit of kind of study um in our own lives and how that weaves in with mysticism and shamanism and philosophy and our then activism and how that spirals into our lives and the communities and what we do to to kind of bring that and help ourselves birth to the next levels and then offer that into the community into the world. So we're all birthing and growing together and yeah I, I continue to be in awe of how in our friendship in particular we come together dream heal set intentions have have big quests plant the seeds tend to the garden of these seeds witness how they grow harvest the fruit off our own kind of like labors, and then have a hindsight reflection to see where we've come from and that we did this together you know and And we continue to do that and it's so beautiful to um, recognize where we both are now in our lives and that so much of what we intended for ourselves came through um, our collective action together and through our friendship and through kind of like learning and growing and building and then, you know, experimenting with with different ideas and philosophies and practices and, and now to have us both in the spaces that we are in our lives and the relationships that we're in, in our lives. And I think we both were able to hold such a beautiful mirror and reflection for the other. And, and now so much of what we intended has come into being and it's really, and continues to.
1: And continues to. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. I yeah. love just like you've described so much and yeah and the way that our friendship also crosses over into the professional realm i know for me it's been so fun when i get opportunities i want to share them it's like i don't want to do something and then i'll be there by myself it's like if i'm going to do something who do i want with me to share that experience with Let let's not let's spread the love and make it as community as we can and that's always you as a go-to
2: I know we do have so much fun. We have, yeah, at this point been on multiple continents and multiple countries and and continue to just be wowed by what comes through and you know what feedback we get from workshops and and our students and clients and and also just continually to feel kind of humbled by the opportunity and just like so grateful, so much gratitude to just recognize like what a gift it is to, to do this deep kind of transformational work, and then, you know, face the hard, hard um, challenges in ourselves, and then bring that forward and have an ally kind of to do that with, and then witness where it takes us, and then recognize the value of what we then can offer, you know, through our own transformation, and then we have little nuggets to help others and then we have more yeah like you said community and it's so beautiful Mm
1: -hmm. often too when we talk and we're sharing our like in our most personal deepest transition points or difficulties or challenges the other one says oh my gosh me too yeah (laughs) i know i know happening to me yeah it is i know it's
2: so much that we're able to now kind of just rest in the fact that that's probably going on i don't know about you but for me (laughs) sometimes i'll just i'm like okay i'm gonna talk to marissa at some point and she's gonna be able to say oh man yes and this and this and then i'll have some new perspective and i'll feel oh i'm not alone in that entirely (laughs) and and if i don't talk to you sometimes i happen to catch wind of something through instagram or facebook or something or hear from one of our friends and i see something you were hear it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, she's she, okay. We're still on the same page, we're tuned in. She's doing that too, or whatever.
1: So. Totally, we always seem to deepen in the same way, too. Like our new, like ahas or ins, and insights are often very parallel.
2: I know it's such a trip. I wonder if, if there were, I mean, actually, I believe that there are lots of us. I think all of the kind of dream surfers and and you know, vision vision hungry beings doing the work and and choosing to to grow and and face the 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 challenging aspects of themselves in this world and meeting it head on and and ultimately working towards embodying in a in a non-dualistic way you know waking up to this work i think that once you really get in the saddle of that then there's like this collective growth Experience and mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I just I've witnessed that in other friendships as well. That like we're all kind of growing together simultaneously, and in our reflection, we get to see ourselves, you know, from a different angle. And it's so helpful to have the validation and to have the reassurance, and then also to have the motivation to kind of keep doing the work and then the kind of like camaraderie or allyship, you know, to know that we're in it together um, as like this unified front and unified sort of organism or something. It's really so beautiful.
1: Hmm. i feel that the image that comes this came to mind when you were saying that was you know at the end of the last unicorn where all the unicorns are coming out of the ocean
2: <laughs> yes
1: yes that's the <laughs> unified front
2: yeah it is it is i like it and then you know the ones that don't come out of the ocean and the ones that just say narwhals they're in there too they're oh yeah they're, they're unified in the ocean on land and sea
1: We we we've got
2: it covered <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know.
2: So, oh, go ahead. That. Oh, okay. I was going to say like on that, you know, in that vein, just something that just came through of just, you know, since it has been a little bit since we've kind of spiraled back together and now here we are in 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 lifetime uh uh spiraling back together, I to test our theory, uh something that's been really moving through my life right now is kind of getting in touch with the cultural kind of conditioned wounding so to speak like the the cultural conditioning that was kind of from this dualistic paradigm one being uh based on like cause and effect judgment and punishment right and wrong good boy bad boy good girl bad girl like do these things get this reward don't do these things get judgment and punishment right so this kind of world of of duality that then created um you know this foundation of having to to build in order to prove and then, and then once you get the reward of, of being the good boy or good girl, then suddenly you're allowed to be welcomed into love or be welcomed into rightness and feeling goodness. And then if you, you aren't, you didn't do a good job or you don't get the reward, then you are somehow not good enough and needed to try harder and can do better next time. You know, And as a result, what I've noticed is just how much shame and guilt and fear are are present um, in the collective consciousness uh, and and in the kind of bodies of all of these beings who have been raised in this sort of codependently wired outside in top down um, shame based culture and and with that you know you and I have spent many years in our own practice and also even together working on tools and tricks and practices and healing modalities and integrative techniques to unwind some of these various wounds and bring healing into some of these places and find teachings that already exist to help and reference. And what's been up for me right now is just really recognizing the sheer magnitude of um, the impact that is present in our current culture due to all of these conditionings, and as I find my way through, kind of resurrecting some of my wounded child and getting in touch with some of these deeper currents of shame and and kind of like decalcifying some of these hard, crystalline sort of structures in myself, I find this beautiful joy and beautiful creativity that flows. And I find so much more depth and so much more connection. And and then I have all that energy, you know, and, and I go out into the world. And then from this new, deeper reflection point, I feel into the nervous systems of all of the people kind of wandering around and can feel the same you know icebergs of of guilt and shame and fear and pain and then the masks that they're wearing you know due to defense mechanisms and projections and the various egos and things that they've built and and so i'm in this funny place right now where i'm not as comfortable in my connections as I have been before, because I can feel so much of the unresolve that is in the collective, and then in each individual, when I come in contact with them, that my own boundaries have kind of changed. And and I'm I'm not as sure how to interface. So I kind of wanted to just bring that in today of saying, you know, I wonder what, your experience has been and wasn't sure what was going to come through in our conversation today and and suddenly now i'm like hey what is your take and your experience and can you relate to that in any way or what what do you think
1: i can reflect back to you that i've heard you say the past couple times that i've seen you which has been just sporadically over the last year let's say that you've voiced how you have a lower tolerance for people who aren't willing to be let's say honest or deal Mm -hmm. with their shit or like be real like Mm -hmm. for the masks you're like i don't want to be around anymore i can't even handle it Mm -hmm. and so yeah that's been brewing for you Mm-hmm. And you are very sensitive in that way, and it, I think maybe part of it for you too, and another reflection that you know about yourself, I'd say, is that you're such a truth teller. And so, mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship or an environment where the truth as you perceive it isn't being spoken, that's really difficult for you. Yeah, it's like why? Why are we being yeah. fake right now? Why can't we just say it? And I know that you've also come to recognize that you can't just say it because people aren't ready for it for a variety of reasons, and that's okay. Everyone's yeah. at their own, on their own journey, at their own pace, and you can't judge where someone is and whether or not they're – so much is unconscious, you know? And so even if you maybe – you could recognize something as, let's say, a truth, a deep truth for someone – but it's so unconscious within them that even speaking to it, that it's not landing anywhere. You know, it just would I think generate more defense. In some right. circumstances, there could be some illumination, but uh, that would be rare.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's so sensitive to to then not respond in a dualistic way, right? Where then. I am putting up walls or then trying to defend my territory or then casting more judgment and then adding to the shame that's already in there. Right. Instead, instead holding a boundary of awareness and then also having kind of love and understanding and compassion and then being able to offer, you know, an open door with inquiry and an invitation that says, Hey, Mm. you know, if you're ever interested or if, if, you know here's some things i've been working on or
1: yeah and you've been always really great at that it feels like uh, what's coming in for you would mm-hmm. is like the aesthetic phase where it's like i'm withdrawing i'm withdrawing and i'm doing yeah. work
2: yeah 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 exactly exactly yeah and it's right and it just but then i guess on the like bringing that back around in the bigger lens something that then i've been using as a tool in my kind of collective action when i'm out in the world and when i am in my teaching space and offering different kind of some of the new work that i'm kind of offering and birthing right now Mm -hmm. is just like wanting to change the collective consciousness and the direction of the collective instead of having You know, the truth being taboo and healing being taboo or therapy being taboo or like, you know, we live in a world that has popularized like all the smoking mirrors and it's totally accepted to just bold face, lie through your teeth all day Mm -hmm. if necessary to keep up the kind of status quo or maintain that kind of energy. But meanwhile, our soft underparts, know seem to be feeling kind of trapped and wounded and scared and really longing for connection you know like wanting to really connect and feel like we're heard and we're safe and there's trust and
1: yeah i guess i would say too that i feel in my own witness of um that space of being a teacher Mm -hmm. and a guide and doing my own work it feels Mm -hmm. like I think what you're saying is true. A lot more people are really ready for, let's just be honest and real. And I'm ready to be a mess, let's say. I'm I'm ready to let the boundaries come down. I'm ready for the hard. I'm ready for the hard truth. I'm ready to make the transition and the transformation or begin that journey. And they're less willing to keep up the lies and the status quo. And that they really want to... There, there's I don't know maybe people are feeling safer or feeling better capable of working with and integrating their traumas than we have been in the past I mean as we know too like it's, it's trauma is like every other word it sounds like is trauma and trauma informed and trauma safety and integrating trauma everywhere I go and I travel to and the teacher is all that's always present now where it never was before
2: right yeah it's true I think you're right I think they're in my experience i feel similar that there's this energy in the masses now that says yeah let's let's face this let's embrace this and obviously you know maybe that gets due to i mean sure there's tons of factors we could probably touch on of why that is but just looking around at the state of the world i don't think it takes a rocket scientist to be able to recognize like we're in a, there's a little bit of alarm going out there, whether that be from the natural world and the biological world reflecting back to us that, mm-hmm. you know, the oceans are in trouble and the air is in trouble and the, the species are in trouble and the, you know, the ecosystem is in trouble and or looking at the political system and seeing like just the, the voice of the people around the world that are saying, hey, enough's enough. And of course, then, what is going to be reflected are the places in us where all of the wounds from living in this time are still present, you know, and what hasn't been faced and what hasn't been, you know, integrated. And how can we, as a collective, share in that work together? And so instead of it being something that just, you know, elicits more shame and adds to the already mountain of repressed things that are in there what if instead it's it's like wow you know good for you wow mm-hmm. well look at that like yeah that's right like since when did we forget that we're on a learning curve you know we came yeah. we came here to learn like we didn't come here to have all the answers and be punished for not having them no we came here to to learn and remember and grow and figure it out
1: and uh, exactly i'm thinking of i just recently saw you know tina from boise mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen tina in years but she was married when i first moved to boise and was mm-hmm. you know had like the whole thing going on mm-hmm. and then she got divorced and she was one of the first people that inspired me of like, oh, it's possible, right? It's possible to get Mm -hmm. divorced. And so when I got to see her, I could say to her how grateful I was for that. And of course she said, well, you know, don't thank me. I got it from so-and-so. And And then since I've gotten divorced, I've inspired so many other people. I don't want to say to get divorced, but just to be like, we can do this. We can do the hard work and we can make changes without the shame and the guilt and the story and to move through this path of our own Authenticity and
2: um, yeah, yeah, it's so beautiful. You're exactly right. It's like yeah, Stacy and I, uh, my current partner and relationship and beloved, uh, we've been um, talking about like making a public service kind of campaign or something of having funny memes and and like making it be hip to have a therapist or be hip (laughs) to, you know, like face your shadow and being able to have it be all the rage to like,
1: yeah, make it cool.
2: Make it cool, you know? Make it cool. Make your, shadow. make your shadow work cool. Yeah, make your shadow work cool. Exactly. So, I
1: think that there's that there is a trend moving towards that too and part of it is like even if we're just talking about social media for example, people want more like video content and live streaming. That's the full picture versus just give me the highlight reel of you looking beautiful in that one moment doing that perfect thing. Like right. I want to see you all of the time. I want to see all of your faces.
2: Yeah. And people are drawn to that. Yeah, I know. I am. I love (laughs) it when I get to see the real nitty gritty. That's what I want. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. How pretty you are.
1: (laughs) The other thing that came up for me listening to you talk was you mentioned in the beginning about how you're sensitive to people's nervous systems. Mm -hmm. And I love pointing out. That you pointed out nervous system right because I feel like even just from like a yogic lens yoga and what it's doing is working on one calming the nervous system balancing the nervous system and then expanding the nervous system's capacity towards integration and wholeness and you can just think of it on like a purely biological level like that too and that people were almost so, we've become, our nervous systems have become so fried. Yeah. So Stimulants and yeah. the way that we eat and our, our diet and, you know, the, the, the experience of life in Western culture that there is a big pendulum swing towards cleaning and calming and uh, recentering and realigning the nervous system. And at the heart of it, just from that, that's where a lot of growth and change can come from without even having to get into, let's say like the psychological processing of it all.
2: Yeah. Right. It's, it's, you're so right on. I couldn't agree more. I'm yeah. It's to me is recognizing how simple it actually is. Like, you know, the body isn't hardwired to maintain trauma. That's not actually how the body's hardwired. The body's hardwired to maintain a state of wellness and navigate itself through traumatic situations and then reset back into safety, into love, into groundedness, into into wellness, right? And so it's interesting to me to be able to kind of shine the light of consciousness, like you were saying before, you know when things are unconscious we don't know of course about the parts of ourselves that's why it's shadow or that's why it's the unknown but then once it becomes conscious and we can shine the light on it suddenly we get to look at it and we get to recognize oh well this makes sense like when my brain is hijacked when i am in hyper vigilance when i am not getting sleep and i am overstimulated, that is you know simulating and emulating a traumatic type of situation as if i was in a natural state and some kind of trauma happened and then i'm hijacked in that zone and and now with all the research that's available it's really easy for people to kind of learn oh you know when i'm in this perpetual state of dissociation here's what it does to my mind here's what it does to my body here's what it does to my creativity. You know, here's what it does to my sleep. Here's what it does in my relationships. Like we so easily can, can see through experience, you know, what, what happens. And, and then how do we reset out of that? And now with the popularization of yoga and, and meditation and everything else becoming so commonplace in the Western world, now people are finally getting an experiential lens of reflection to be able yeah. to, say, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to operate at this kind of chihuahua level of hijacked sort of <laughs> nervous energy running around like a chicken with my head cut off all the time. And in yeah, two,
1: and, and when I was oh. saying it's unconscious, that's what I feel like has been most unconscious. Is yes. The feeling, the, like the embodied feeling of totally fried chihuahua. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, this is the way it is. This is just yeah. how it, this is how it just is. That's what we're yeah. conditioned into as well.
2: Yeah. It's it's so true and it's something that's really interesting, you know, is like recognizing the 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 energy of fault. Like you know, we're raised in a culture that that because of the judgment and punishment and this idea that, you know, it was your fault or it's my fault and then Hello, shame. Mm -hmm. And then because of that, I have this kind of self abuse cycle where I feel like I'm not enough and it was my fault and I'm bad and wrong. And what happens in the brain is it's within the amygdala when there's a fight or flight trigger, the the amygdala will program uh, the memory of whatever that trauma is. And and send out a signal to the body to say you know get me out of this situation to whether it's fight flight freeze or fawn right depending on how the body and nervous system responds but after t- over time if the if the nervous system doesn't reset back into safety then the foundation of a person's baseline it just gets ramped up and ramped up and ramped up and ramped up until what we as the collective consider normal is actually the super hijacked, mm-hmm. hypervigilant trauma state.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: we just, we just, you know, collectively have all, you know, unconsciously drank the Kool-Aid. And yeah.
1: We, but, and you your know, body starts to feed off those hormones too. Like it actually it, then wants to produce it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you think, you can think to yourself, I was reading this and what's Joe Dispenza's book that's like. It's not superhuman. It's the other one that he wrote about your belief structure. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. It was uh, in there
1: that I was reading him talking about how um you can make the decision like, I'm going to be more calm and mindful.
2: Yeah, like the and negative then, thoughts book or whatever. It's like- Yeah, the,
1: something yeah, like that. How to yeah. change who you are.
2: Or break the addiction to-
1: Breaking negative. the habit of being yourself.
2: Yeah, yeah, there That's we it. go.
1: Breaking there. the habit of being yeah, yourself. It was there in there. there. Yeah, and yeah. It was like, you can make the decision, I'm going to be more mindful and calm, I'm going to handle these situations differently. And so you're consciously trying to do that. But meanwhile, your body is the addict to the hormones of what you just described. And so yep. even though consciously you're trying to do it, your body will throw at you internally, almost everything it can to get fed those hormones again, to get exactly. You back yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. In the whole way that the all the neurotransmitters then move through the body, and then you build a reference of the patterns, and then we have self-identity that's wrapped up in that. So we actually think what we are, you know, is this structure of really intense kind of abusive thoughts, or is this structure of this really high intense energy feeling, and we're rushing around, and we think that this is us, and it's this constant you know dopamine adrenaline cortisol battle and and all we're really wanting is to just rest and you know be be loving and nourished and feel safe and connected and you know something that's been interesting with these practices all coming out and now there is so much more research about um you know, the polyvagal system and the enteric nervous system and how that hardwires into the brain and how that connects with breath work and yoga and movement, and then how that connects with food and lifestyle and what, you know, we're finding in terms of that specific case with the amygdala that over time, as you, you learn to unwind, like doing like deep breath work or deep meditation, that um, once the amygdala gets the cue, that, it wants to drop to a deeper level then it then sends out a signal to the rest of the, you know throughout the body to let go and mm-hmm. anywhere that the freeze kind of energy has kind of been locked down and the system releases and then you drop into the deeper kind of um, restorative brainwave states and the body can actually repair and heal and you know, we can land in a deeper ocean of self and discovery and, and and a felt sense of just being really, really calm, actually, and really centered and feeling really mellow and maybe that we don't have to rush and that it isn't all fucked and that we don't have to figure it all out right now. <laughs> and
0: it's all fine and I'm fine and you're And fine, I'm fine, and you... yeah, Yes. Exactly.
2: <laughs> and, then, and then people are like, what is this feeling? What, what is this I, what's happening I, you know, it's, i'm not used to what this is wait you
1: mean i'm okay
2: yeah exactly <laughs> uh, part of that for me has been this joke of, um i've been saying uh 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 since when did did um doing uh trump being like when did doing become become no no longer you know okay and how did doing this become take place of beingness yeah and 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 then recognizing like having a joke of saying that that beingness is the original doingness
1: <laughs>
2: and, and so i've been kind of like playing with that one a little bit of offering that as um you know hey since when did being stop being doing because it's it's actually true when you're being that is doing something. It is actually just it's doing. doing. It's doing. It's being, and and mm-hmm. and and actually, I think encouraging beingness, you know, as a state of yeah. practice, right? And
1: yeah, I remember years ago it's, um when I was still living in Montana, so it was probably like 2006. Mm-hmm. and this friend from my graduate program was coming to visit his name was Babalola, and he's from Nigeria and he was coming to visit me in Montana and I was talking to him on the phone like Babalola, what do you want to do when you get here we can do this and do this and do this and do this and he said Marissa I just want to be I will get there and I will be I'm like oh <laughs> perfect <And> you're, like,
2: <laughs> you're like how do we do that <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a funny story like yeah. he's nigerian nigerian talks yeah, this yeah. Thing, nigerian accents and you know, i yeah. took him once i actually did a few things with him and took him to a hot springs in the middle of nowhere rural montana in jackson montana with mm-hmm. maya maya's maybe like two years old and one of my good friends sally that i was living with and it's um a rural hot springs pool with like, you know, like cabins that you can stay in, things like that. I don't think Baba Lola had ever been in a hot springs before. And so he just, he was probably in it way, way, way too long. And eventually he got out, we were in there, you know, we get in and out and drinking Mm -hmm. enough water. I didn't take good enough care of him. Let's just say that. (laughs) He got out of the hot springs and he's like, I need to go to the bathroom. So he went upstairs in the indoor facilities to find the restroom. And he noticed that he had wound up in the ladies' room, but at the same time, he started to pass out. And so his thought was just like, oh God, they're gonna find this black man in (laughs) Montana, basically taking you the hot spring (laughs) to pass out. Oh, we laughed about that for a long time.
0: Oh,
2: that's awesome.
1: Yes, yeah
2: so good
1: the beingness you're totally 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 right with all of that for sure
2: yeah and it's just a nice experience to like and just to kind of having that spiral spiral around you know with with so much more access in our culture now to having you know tools to recognize that this kind of way that our, our nervous systems have responded to this modern culture and all of the red flags that have come up with all of the various, um, you know, neurological disorders and personality disorders and, and, you know, people having so many problems with anxiety and depression and Mm -hmm. addiction and, you know, obesity and just all of the challenges that have been showing up in our bodies. There's finally a reference with having all of the mindfulness practices now kind of become so so um, available and so accessible that people are getting in their bodies maybe for the first time in their lives or since they were children. And suddenly they have a reference to say, oh, wow, it, you know, it doesn't actually feel good. And I don't feel as connected. I don't feel as creative. I don't actually enjoy my life experience as much when I'm in this kind of like hijacked hypervigilant state as my normal. And yeah. and then kind of having the reference. And now, you know, with that all rolled together, what I'm recognizing in myself is the challenge of maintaining this level of kind of perpetual flow state, so to speak, in inside my well bounded Non-dual self moving through the world remaining kind of present and open and loving and choosing to slow down and not Be in that high hyper vigilant state and in this constant state of trying to kind of do and go and make and build and Control and
1: would keep you, it all together think that for you that's coming about In a deeper way because of your current situation like you're in a place of you're surrounded by love a loving partner there's a sense of security you can kind of even within your own self like trust the process and set your own baggage down
2: oh that's a good question yeah I I think it's all sort of let me think about that for a second.
1: Like I'm just thinking, I'm comparing it to a year ago, right?
2: Yeah, right.
1: When yeah. Much I mean, more different, difficult living situation.
2: Yeah. I mean, for sure. Yes, for sure. I I think that's actually like hitting you know, nail hitting the nail on the head or something. Where I I think a part of it is having a space and a place. And connection to unwind and to let go and to be able to feel safe and you know in this culture that's like the two-partner practice you know having a partner and two incomes in one household and the two of you are doing it together and then it's you know right next to your neighbors that the two of them are doing it together and next to their neighbors and the two of them are doing it together and you know I'm grateful that I'm now in this position to have this two-partner practice and I am felt, I have the support to unwind in this deeper way and to allow my own healing process to go deeper and integration process to go deeper. And simultaneously, I'm also recognizing kind of culturally where community, you know, where, where, where tribe and community used to exist. Yeah. And, and then the connection to the earth that was, was, was inherent in that relationship and how Without the connection of the earth as a predominant you know force in our culture, and without the connection to community, direct community like direct tribe, right without that, we're kind of forced to try to find that, whether it be in our own practice or or like going making sure I go into nature or or try to find little moments that I get to drop into a deeper level of connection and so I'm kind of struggling with this energy of like, I feel so grateful for the chance to have this, this two partner practice and be in this beautiful relationship. It's incredible. And yes, it is providing this opportunity for me to grow and heal and all these other ways. And simultaneously, I'm recognizing that it doesn't just all have to fall on this home
1: no. practice you know I think it's just creating an environment for you to go deeper which is as we've spoken in our own personal lives so parallel with me i'm going deeper mm-hmm. because i'm feeling safer mm-hmm. but the piece of community is important i was talking with krishna yesterday we were having this conversation about like i said to him like what's your retirement plan like what do you think about that he likes to talk about money and finances and i'm trying to get better at those conversations and he's like well he's like first he said well what is retirement like i'm not going to stop working i want to i want to continue working for as long as i can and he said my retirement plan isn't money it's community
2: yeah oh man snap snap snaps i couldn't agree more i feel the same that's exactly how i feel it's you didn't need Giant insurance networks and giant assisted living communities, and you know, an entire system to try to take care of you. Or it was the culture, it was the people, it was your tribe. I mean, that's what that's all you had. Mm -hmm. And there, and then that was preventative in the sense that you had to remain independent and autonomous while also being a part of the collective, and that you all work together to maintain that level of health and connection to the, to the earth and to each other. And, and then, yeah, you were in it for as long as you were able to be in it. And, you know, now we somehow have to find the balance of, you know, hopefully remembering some of the, you know, creating a way to experience the, energy of connection in community and in tribe in deep relationship with the earth and our bodies and each other while also living in the modern world and and participating in the current systems and structures that are here and it's really difficult because you know we don't really know what is coming based on you know the current state of things in terms of retirement in 20 years or if we're gonna even have resources to take us into 20 years based on where things are at and so you know maybe that threat is kind of subliminally working its way through the collective and that's part of why more people are reaching out you know to create community whether it be you know, people trying through tribe or Facebook or through, through Instagram or through Snapchat or the ways that people are trying to use technology to connect with each other. Hopefully that's like the first step in people recognizing they need tribe and community in their lives also as a a way to reflect and have insurance for where we're going together Mm -hmm. and and what's going to happen for our futures. You know, it's, but, I really appreciate, yeah, I like Krishna's perspective. I feel the same way, yeah, and, and then still having to also make a living and like want to also participate in that thing too, you know it's it's really interesting.
1: yeah, I was listening to a podcast between um charles eisenstein and orlan bishop who's a thinker Mm -hmm. that i just started to get to know when i went to the sand conference recently i was really impressed by his work and his talk and i haven't finished the podcast but they were at this point where they're talking about just even society um, and how society used to be based on collective agreements that we all buy into and there's kind of a rite of passage into this buy-in of what your community or society will provide for you Mm -hmm. and part of it is finding your own gifts and talents to be of service and a way to live live your gifts and services into the world Mm -hmm. and how in our modern society we don't have that that it's it's just like a, a system that we're just supposed to believe that already that already exists and we're supposed to just believe and buy into.
2: Right. they being a right. point. Doesn't right. Oh, totally. I mean, and then look at that with technology and consent. Like, when did anyone ever ask our consent to transfer our power over to using the internet and then cell phones and smartphones and now everything that we're using that's so digitized that this is just how life is now, right? Mm-hmm. Like no and and is that actually for the betterment of all of us as people and as from the collective and our various cultures according to you know capitalist structure and to technology they'd say yes you know from their perspective but then look at the result i mean we're having all of the addiction to technology that kids now have and Uh, all of the interface of everything that the mining and extraction has done on the planet for this growth to what outcome, you know, like, and how do we then, how do we then pull that back to try to say, Hey, what actually do the people want? And is this, who's actually running the show here? Aren't we the people supposed to be the ones, you know, representing ourselves with, with the folks that we put in power to represent us and these co- companies and corporations that we build, aren't they supposed to have our best interests in mind? And, they don't. And they don't. They, they don't. don't. Grisha yeah. was
1: recently telling me too that Google used to have in its like um, code of conduct, let's say, or its bylines, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Do No Evil was in there. And they recently took it out
2: oh wow okay well i guess wow that's there it is i mean wow yeah it is a very interesting time i i i feel like
1: we don't know what we're creating or have created
2: yes exactly we just don't know and it
1: feels um it feels like a like a mine like we've planted a minefield around ourselves Mm -hmm. not even aware of it and it's kind of scary it is scary it, it is scary is. to think about and yeah. it makes me sad too i mean we can all be nostalgic i'm sure like every generation says well this isn't how i was raised so this isn't how it was right right,
2: right. we feel girl, that way it, for it, sure but
1: boy does it feel like a lot has changed
2: yeah yeah i feel that for sure it's interesting to have that kind of come in in our conversation today i i've been just what one thing that i have recognized that has helped me maintain a sense of feeling empowered and feeling really um, kind of one thing i am sure of so to so to speak you know kind of some sort of thought form that kind of gives me that energy or gives me that perspective Mm -hmm. is that i actually enjoy the feeling of being really deeply connected to the earth Mm -hmm. and the feeling of witnessing and experiencing the sunrise and sunset and feeling myself following the natural rhythms of the planet and you know having my energy steeped in uh natural connection is the is what Offers me the deepest sense of peace and intimacy um, that I experience in my life. And so when I try to offer kind of teaching, so to speak, or offer kind of integrative work or therapy work or healing, what I find to be true, regardless of like race or class or creed or, you know, demographic, when I come into a group setting or an individual setting and can offer the chance for people to kind of connect and drop in to that current it's really incredible how alive people you know they come alive and they they feel and experience that level of connection and to witness and watch people's nervous systems land and to feel the kind of aha and the peace and the, the light sort of turn on inside each of them and and like you said before I don't need to know the stories necessarily and it doesn't really even matter but just the chance for someone to have the felt experience of that connection and then they have it as a reference Mm -hmm. right where then they're like oh well you know that felt really good and that felt I felt really nourished and I felt really safe. Maybe I could try to have that be a part of my life more often. And, and what I find is, you know, once you follow the yellow brick road from that point forward is I've noticed that there's this energy around wanting to preserve and wanting to, you know, maintain and, and wanting to, um, kind of um, tend to the garden of nature and tend to the garden of my feelings and tend to the garden of my kind of safe experiences mm-hmm. instead of it being this fear kind of defend and protect sort of energy that says that, you know, there's scarcity and it's too yeah. late and, and, you know, which it, it
1: sounds like you're giving them the experience of non-duality without labeling it as such.
2: Exactly. And they're
1: moving out yeah. of that duality state yeah. that we were just starting to describe.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and, and just like your friend saying, you know, coming from Nigeria saying he wanted to just be, you know, it really is interesting to me that like, in, if we looked at it from like an indigenous perspective or something and went back, you know, whatever a hundred years or two hundred years or even not that long ago, there are people still living on the planet without a power grid as we speak, who wake up with the sun and and go to bed with the sun and except maybe by the light of a fire, you know, still have that experience. So it's not that far fetched. It still is a reality on this earth right now. You know, or but, even
1: that far removed. Everybody or even
2: that far removed. Right. Right. But you know I was
1: just down in Boulder. Um in, uh, in September, when we were on one of our hikes, and our guide took us to this amazing canyon the es- along the Escalante River, grabbing mm-hmm. the, is it, oh the F- the Fleetwoods? Now, what are they called? it's with an F. But and like the, one of the Anasazi tribes around the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what they were, but it was like a con- a, gl- a conglomeration of different tribes that lived there. And he's like, and the tribes lived here for a thousand years. And I was like, "Wow, we've only been on this continent, Europeans, for like what? Yeah, a
2: few hundred years. Of
1: maybe not 500? even hundred.
2: Well, yeah, I guess yeah. For if we wanted to say Christopher Columbus, right? Yeah, fourteen ninety. But it's just
1: that perspective yeah. of how long another culture lived in a place where we right,
2: are, right?
1: Barely any sign of anymore.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly."
1: where yeah, we're moving as a collective culture and how quickly really things can shift and kind of be gone. I mean we have no idea what direction it's moving in.
2: Yeah, I know. And that's the thing is, I mean, yeah, it is interesting to look at the direction that it's moving in, at least right now, and to be able to then make a choice, you know, come having that perspective with the kind of different nervous system like we were talking about and just a different level of connection at least you know maybe my most radical form of activism is to choose to be present and to be grounded and to be calm and loving mm-hmm. in the in the face of all of this change and adversity and everything else going on and and what i found to be true is if i'm able to be calm and be grounded and stay centered when that kind of you know erratic chihuahua human and energy comes into my field i can say hey hi like be here with me, you know, let's just take a breath and hello and 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 then maybe ask, is everything all right? <laughs> you know, like
1: You're great and, at that. You've always
2: been
1: really great <laughs> at that. You're always so good at that. I often think to myself, you'll come to mind, but I'm in different places. And I'm like, if Eric were here right now, he'd be talking to this person and asking them how they're doing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well,
1: with the central nervous system too, and just the energy fields. I think because you've worked for so long, you've done you've done your sadhana, your practice for so many years, and you are so conscious. It's probably very. I mean, we all have unconscious things that get by us that we're not aware of yet, but you have less than most, let's say. And just through that work that you've been doing and have done, it's not just your nervous system, but your whole field. Yeah. That's calm. Yeah. That's soothing. That's nurturing.
2: Yeah. And then and that gets to be a permission. You,
1: yeah. Your own practice is important because yeah. you, you getting into that place does create change in the world. Yeah. For those that have yeah. the ability to be with you or near you or around you. And like you're saying too, they're referencing seeing someone of a possibility also. Like, oh, it's possible to live that way.
2: To yeah. be that way.
1: He's doing it. He is it. Yes. He's seeing it. Yeah. That gives hope. Okay.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And that kind of spirals around to the, the energy of just the collective sort of popularizing wanting to do the deep work and to ask these questions. And more and more people seem to get online, you know, every day with, with wanting to, to find some point of connection and feel good and happy, you know, and find some level of growth. And I think it's it's innate inside all of us. We weren't born to suffer. <laughs> I mean, contrary to what some people may have been raised to believe and, and believing that mythos. And, and that's, you know, if they want to continue to believe that mythos, that's their prerogative. I would say
1: we weren't born to suffer, but we were born with a lot of suffering inherent in us.
2: Yes, agreed. Yeah, and just... And then part of that is, how do we, you know offer that out to the other communities is, you know, it shouldn't be a privilege to have a conversation like this. You know It shouldn't be a privilege to connect to the earth, to have clean water, to have healthy food, to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel nourished. like that shouldn't be a privilege. That should be an innate biological right for every being born on this planet and every organism that's born on this planet you know that is here also and i think part of the challenge like you said we're born into this level of suffering and if you never know the reference of connecting to the wild spaces and never know the reference of feeling loved and vital and fortified and never know the reference of of love and safety and connection and service and wisdom like no wonder people are living in a perpetual state of fear and and survival and in a place where addictions take them and then the you know dominance and and violence and greed and objectification and everything else that comes with it. I mean, it's it's only natural that a wild you know. An- energy an animal caged or whatever is going to fight with all the tools that they have. And I think that's one of the things that I really love about you and I's friendship and the work that we do is choosing to take the privileges that we were born into, regardless of whatever personal suffering stories we had and we were able to work through, we still we're born into places that you know, gave us resources and born you know, into a race that, that gave us opportunity and, and, and had advancement just simply by being you know, the color that we were and living in the demographic that, that we have. And now we're in a position you know, as we continue to do that work to find ways to kind of make it really um, accessible you know and 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 really be able to have it in a language that um is is inclusive and 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 for me the older i get uh the more focused i am in that direction of like okay well what are the basics here and how could i walk into a room full of people from all over the world and like what are some things that we could do to experience community and experience connection regardless of all of our personal stories or our faiths or traditions or backgrounds and to me the nature practices and the embodiment practices are so unified like everybody can breathe Mm. everybody can smile everybody can feel and so if we can can breathe and feel, and that often elicits a feeling of connection and safety and smiles. Then, then a uh, result, I find that um, that feels really powerful because at least then we're all actually on a common playing field, you know, and we're actually connected and maybe able to then start coming up with some different ideas or visions or dreams for seeds to plant for the future
1: i love it i love Mm. it yeah cleaning the the lens we can feel feel into each other
2: yeah and with that i mean i think i wanted to ask you i know we're probably getting close to wrapping up our time together but just in your experience um stepping into offering this podcast and just like where you are with the work that you're doing are you finding like some more simplicity in your life with just you know bringing connection and bringing you know practice and bringing
1: and finding more simplicity in my life i would say i'm a little bit of a paradox where i value simplicity and nature and like Time with Maya and Benji and stability and routine. And within that awareness and the love of that, I also have so much energy that runs through me, so much creative energy and Shakti and inspiration and ideas. And things just want to happen, right? And so I think I'm still at a phase in my life where there's a lot of output coming. Like I'm just Mm -hmm. about to open this new meditation studio Mm -hmm. and I'm doing this podcast and I'm still running the yoga studio Mm -hmm. and I'm still traveling and teaching and more opportunities to travel and teach are happening. And um, I still want to open up another business, my geothermal banya spa. And um, so maybe that doesn't sound simple to Mm -hmm. a lot of people. People look at that and they must think, goodness gracious, how does that woman do what she
2: does?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's somehow, it's just built into my astrology, which you've seen and you know. It's like Mm -hmm. makeup makes it so that it doesn't actually burn me out. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel really, it feels, it just comes naturally and it feels really good. Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily coming from a place of striving, but more like how can I continue to be of service. And I witness myself as one that's a connector, is one of my roles, is mm-hmm. in making space for other people to shine and to teach and to give their gifts and to find community. I'm kind of like a space creator in that way. Mm-hmm. And I love connecting people together. And so I'm just I'm and I'm also it's kind of like Michael Singer's approach, um, of just saying yes to the opportunities that are arising also mm-hmm. so as opportunities or ideas arise like even though sometimes I might want to say I don't want to get off off the couch to do that thing I usually always do yeah and it feels good yeah but i i also i um you know me i i sleep really well and i eat pretty good and i know how to Watch the sunset and just be yeah, so I feel like I have balance in that way too
2: That's awesome, yeah,
1: but I'm probably doing maybe like you're describing a lot less socially, mhm, a lot more time at home, a lot more time at home, I would say, compared to a few years ago, three years ago, let's say I'm home way 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 more often mm-hmm. is, yeah that's
2: a big shift it's awesome yeah it's it's been beautiful to be on this path with you for the you know nearly a decade now and kind of been through so many um, gateways of growth and all the different rings of growth um, from opening up the yoga studio to you know the you're having your son and um, your second child and then witnessing that and the transition, you know, of your marriage and now this new partnership. And then the, you know, everything we've done with your book being, you know, through the process of your book getting created and Udaya and, and then that into the school and then now into the meditation. Oh, yeah, school oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. So many things. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to to be in the space of, you know, the saying yes to the next thing and also maintaining the balance and connection to all that has come before and then stewarding and kind of surfing that edge, you know, and and being able to kind of feel that single point of focus in the eye of the needle or whatever, right in the middle, you know, where we're holding that ground and holding that space and honoring the boundaries and the simplicity you yeah, have the beingness and the home while also all of this creativity and all of this opportunity and you know for those listening out there like you just have to to to, to do it and to start and to build it slowly and to be able to kind of tend to the gardens of your own creations and you know you plant the seed and tend and witness it growth and that will lead to the next one and the next one and suddenly you know 10 years has gone by in a connection or in something you're working on and if you were consciously attuning and tending along the way and you have folks working with you and together then these things do come into fruition
1: mm-hmm. you know I and it's that's a piece too is folks working with you like I would say as I allow myself to expand, I can feel internally when I even talk about it now, it's like a fear point or a growth edge of allowing myself to expand in a way that then I'm inviting in and needing support also. And so it's definitely not just me doing all of these things, but I have Mm -hmm. partners Mm -hmm. and assistants and managers and people that I'm working with and holding that like that, tree that community gets bigger and bigger and bigger which is Mm -hmm. scary Mm -hmm. yeah
2: yeah it's a big pressure all kinds of energies in there i'm sure all kinds of feelings Mm -hmm. yeah but then also that edge is part of what how we even got here right it's like somehow that edge of fear and growth and connection and courage and curiosity and joy and fear i mean it's all there in in the experience it's really really powerful really beautiful yeah yeah Mm.
1: so i want we don't have that much long longer left like you said but i want you to share with folks what you're up to oh okay
2: thanks yeah well i um yeah i guess like We, you and I, you know, I moved from Idaho to Southern California to, you know, for the opportunity to continue pushing myself beyond my own edges and, um,
1: yeah, Explain. well, we were born in—you were born and raised in Idaho, and everybody else is coming here from California because Yeah, don't.
2: exactly. Like, I did. The, I I, I, did, I did the opposite. Yeah, the opposite <laughs> migration. I know. I'm like, once Idaho fills up with Californians, then there'll be space down here for everybody to move down here. So. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only it worked like that. I don't think so. But um, yeah, getting to, you know, I realized that maybe similar to you and your experience of like, what level of impact do I want to, you know, experience in my life on this planet. And and when I check in with myself and kind of tune in to my own guidance and those that are in my life for reflection, am I in the best, sort of utilization of my gifts and my abilities and my particular skill sets. And that's a question in an, you know, an inquiry practice and process that I have in my life that, um, you know, I commit to just always like experiencing if I feel that I'm actually, you know, in the kind of royalty of my Gifts and the royalty of my um, offerings, and and also my life experience, and part of it be living in the Northwest and living in Boise, you know, and my time through through Oregon and Washington and British Columbia, and just so so privileged to be from the Northwest. There's so much space and so much access and so much nature and so much beauty, and um, what a beautiful life. And I feel so grateful. But what I started to notice is I was a little, I felt a little bit um, stagnant, like I, you know, like Over the Rainbow exists and I'm living there. And it's so wonderful and great. And Sea World, it's just, it could be like this. And it's so easy, you know, and and often would find that um, I wasn't feeling like this edge of growth and then others that could maybe take me deeper into places I hadn't explored or in help me go beyond my own level of depth and things like that. And, and so I never thought in a million years that my life would call me to Los Angeles, you know, the exact opposite of like wild pristine Montana hot springs or Idaho hot springs, you know, like, the gauntlet of, of millions and millions and millions of people all kind of living on top of each other and competing for resources and all of the technology and media and, and, and giant inflated egos and, you know, wounded children underneath and everything that exists in the city. And in this strange way, it served as such a beautiful incubator for me um, to really know and witness myself and against the reflection of this place and it's actually protected me in this strange way i feel um, just having the anonymity of coming here um, and getting to really go deeper in myself and recognize like what are my gifts and my abilities and my skills and and how do i best want to put those out there into the world and what level of you know effective change can I help to steward and implement in my life on this planet and and part of that for me was actually kind of coming out of you know let's say like the secret rainbow den I was living in in the northwest and my hiding you know kind of like living underneath the radar and not in the limelight and not taking myself to a bigger you know a bigger platform and now that The calling was to continue to grow and push myself beyond my own edges and I've landed in a place where I have so much access now and there is this bigger audience and the the kind of, you know, being on this kind of global trade route, so to speak, I have access to the whole world in a way that, you know, I really just, I didn't have access in, in directly, you know, in Boise. And so now part of what I'm working on as I've had the chance to dive in and, and really deconstruct some parts of myself and things that were inherent in living in a place where there was a lot of privilege and a, and a lot of um, nature. And now that I don't have those things, I recognize the value of them so much more and, and really can see the, kind of, um, the detriment of a culture and a life where people don't get to connect to the natural world and and aren't grounded and even to pose that question as something you know hey what does it mean to be grounded or not grounded in a city of people who are who don't know grounding because there is no fucking ground to stand on because everything is paved mm-hmm. and and who are living in their cars and having navigation devices direct them around for their orientation right over i would say at least 80% of the city has no idea what direction they're driving or when or how because waze <laughs> is telling them where to go you know or google maps it's it's really fascinating to then see like okay wow i really got my work cut out for me you know like all of a sudden realizing that there's such a bigger lens and so are
1: you teaching classes are you at a studio or are you doing yeah yeah so right now
2: that's that's kind of um it has me in a place where i'm working on um building an online course um with with Stacy
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um i've been teaching an awakening series uh through Rama um, which is a kundalini yoga studio here in LA and have been welcomed into that community by um, Guru, Guru Jagat, which has been really great. And and so we've been doing this, this uh, series that's online through Rama TV um, mm-hmm. that is this awakening protocol that uses kind of a culmination of everything that I've trained in and studied in life. It's kind of, a fusion of, of shamanism, activism, yoga, tantra, meditation, you know, health stuff, depth psychology, um, and uh, all kind of woven into practices that people can incorporate, um, and also breathwork, you know, that people can incorporate on a daily and weekly and monthly basis to activate and wake up and fully kind of embody themselves as a wide awake creator on this planet and living as you know a wide awake inspired human being and then outside of that you know i've been traveling and offering different workshops in various places um and then building my private practice you know as um an integrative An integrative medicine medicine man so to speak and just offering you know private work to individuals and but i'd say the main piece right now is just kind of working on getting my sort of message and and my frequency and channel sort of out there Mm -hmm. and realizing that maybe similar to you that i just you know, there's so much broadcast happening all over the world. And there's so many different channels that people can tune into, so to speak, and turn, turn the channel, you know, or turn the page. And everyone's offering their two cents or whatever their ideas are. And I think I have this inspiration right now of just understanding that a lot of what people are turning turning in you know tuning into and what pages people are are turned to <laughs> are are energies and frequencies that have people being locked out of their bodies and locked out of healthy relationships with themselves and the planet and one another and if they can be successful in their campaign, then then why can't couldn't I be successful in my campaign? You know, and I think <laughs> I, I, I'm like I'm like okay. Well, if that if that campaign oh. has people feeling, you know really bad about themselves and stuck in their addictions and feeling like it's all fucked and it's a downward spiral into oblivion, then maybe my campaign of some really easy sustainable practices and ways to feel really good has a chance at being successful. So maybe I should put this out there more and and try to encourage ways for people to live as as wide awake beings in the world and To have you know more authenticity and more honesty and more fun and more play and more love in their lives, Um, so I'd say you know right now it's it's maybe more of an incubation phase of um, doing a lot of writing and starting to create some videos and I guess stay tuned for a a Rainbow Eric podcast and uh, some sort of online series of courses and. yeah so and then what work what work you and I are are going to do continue to do together you're right it has been a couple years since we offered uh one of our partner classes we do we have been teaching for the school together each year but that's been about it normally we have a few more things on the books for and it's, shared oh, offering. it's so
1: special it's so good you're one of my most favorite people to lead with and to teach with there's such an ease and play and flow that that comes out of it where, where it's just it's so fun
2: yeah yeah i feel that way too i know right right now we 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 still have some some of our our silly play and flow classes uh on the udaya website there's people <laughs> you know oh
1: my gosh that's such a good reminder you could go to udaya.com and we have a couple classes that we have co-led together partner yoga and tantra right
2: yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. Some of our own, Mm
1: -hmm. some of our
2: own classes up there too. But, um,
1: and back in the day we used to go to festivals together and teach those days at symbiosis were a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, exactly. I know. I think, um,
1: we probably won't do that again. I don't know. Maybe.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure. I know that, um, this summer, uh, the festival that, um, I have been a part of throwing, um, in Idaho, called Aesthetic Evolution is going to have a reunion um, event uh, in the summer. And I think maybe we'll be teaching there together if it works on the schedule. I was going to talk to you about that, but that'll be in June. Um, And, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, that, thank you for asking. I appreciate getting to share with you a little bit about what I've been up to and what, my campaign is right now uh well
1: the world needs you and the world wants you and the, oh. world is, the world is almost ready for you
2: almost there we go i'm <laughs> glad we've been there we go there we go watch out watch out oh, everyone there's, everyone's there's, gonna grow wings and grow a, <laughs> grow a horn and learn how to rain glitter behind them wherever they go <laughs> <sighs>
1: People can find you what like rainboweric.com. Are you still using that?
2: Yeah, yeah, rainboweric.com is just, I'm actually revamping it right now, but it's just a splash page that will keep people connected to me. And then, yeah, Rainbow Eric on Instagram. And, well, I've had,
1: I can just personally attest that, you know, even as one of, even with you as one of my best friends and, um, a professional colleague that I love and admire so much. I've also been, I've also had several healing experiences from you with you as practitioner and me as clients. And they've all of them are always have always been so profound and so deep and so like perfectly true and right on.
2: Hmm thank you. I appreciate you sharing that and hope to get to continue offering them. Yeah and still Still doing past life regression work and still offering soul retrieval sessions and energy clearings, um, doing somatic um, recovery work and therapy kind of oriented work with clients and and Astros- um, doing astrology and tarot. Yep, and still in that offering. And I've been moving into doing private teacher trainings mm-hmm. um, and and kind of building a little bit of a, a school myself, so to speak. I think I'm, I'm building a, a unicorn school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach people how to be unicorns.
1: I so. met a woman at Burning Man who started Unicorn University.
2: <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, perhaps she and I should connect. I think I have all kinds of little tricks and offerings <laughs> that she might enjoy. <sighs> uh, but yeah, and then some doing some private uh, training with with shamanic stuff, teaching people how to connect to deeper aspects of the Earth and, and know their own kind of wisdom traditions and cultural traditions. So it has me being, feeling busy, and there's plenty of people in L.A. that are, are ripe for, for deeper connection. Um, so one, one human at a time trying to just share some of the rainbow magic.
1: Fantastic. Well. Tell Stacy and Shri that I say hello and
2: send my love. Oh, of course, and likewise to to my little godson Benji and Maya, and to Krishna, and everyone else in the Boise community. And congratulations with with Source and with the school and just everything. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for our connection and our friendship and our continued um, growth and inspiration together, and just what we what we are in this life. I'm so honored to have you as such a strong ally and I'm excited for everything that still has yet to come in our lives.
1: Ditto. Ditto babe. I love you so so much.
2: I love you so 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 much. Have a great rest of your day, darling. Thank you. Okay. Bye.
0: Bye.